Hello and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little added je ne sais quoi. Big shout out to the Gridiron family, of which we are proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986, and joining me as always is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. As always, we, we schedule these calls to start and as to have this recording session at eight o'clock, but we never really get going until nearly quarter past the hour because we have too much of the world to set to rights, Ollie. Yeah, I think we figured it out. I think in like 11 minutes this time, we got it all sorted. My ass, did we figure it out? I think we probably made it worse, if anything. Uh, on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we will hit you, as we always do, with the NFL headlines. And these are the headlines for next week. We're going to be telling you what we think people are going to be talking about next week based on what happens on this weekend's set of NFL games. Then we're going to get to our game show this week, which is a bit of an alternative one, a very exciting one, is Name the College. We're going to talk through some quarterbacks in the NFL. Ollie and I are going to pit each other's wits to see who can name which college those quarterbacks came from. Most correct answers wins. Ollie, how do you feel about that game show this week? Uh, excited uh, for people who've not listened before. You are you. You're Tom Moore. I don't know, some kind of pasta lover, ex-cricketer, runner. I was a former NFL scout who worked in the NFL draft. So I feel like there's, there's a somewhat unfair advantage, though I know the game masters tried to kind of even the, the playing field on this one. Yeah, so Stereo Mike, our producer, who set up the game, said, this is how it's going to roll. Basically, you're both going to have to name 16 quarterbacks in the colleges that, that they went to. And I said, you have to give me multiple choice, mate, <laughs> because he was a scout and I'm just your everyman, okay, with the, with an NFL love, okay? So it can't possibly, you know, have just straight up. So I do get a bit of an advantage in that. Now, before we go into the headlines, Ollie... We always have a bit of story time for Tom. with Tom. Are you ready for this? I'm very excited. There's several things that I wanted to get to, Ollie. And actually, in the 11 minutes we were talking before the show started, uh, I think we've covered one of the things I wanted to get to, which is why is nothing working in the world? Planes, trains, the post, uh, the world is broken, mortgages, rent. It, Ollie, the, the world is... But I don't. I think we should maybe air away from that slightly, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, okay, unless, unless you do want to set the world to rights. Do you have any particular insightful kind of m mottos for us to live by during these tough times? Just be kind. Just be kind to everyone. If everyone was kind, we'd probably figure more of this out. Um, and also, please fix the trains. Please. Yeah. And the planes and the baggage handlers. I've got to go to Greece in 10 days. Anyway, right. Now, I've got two things. I want to talk about England's exit from the World Cup before we move into the headlines. But before that, Ollie. I was on Instagram today and uh, someone that I know. Um, and I'll be honest with you, right? They're a complete butthole, right? As, as a human being. And I will not, I can't argue with it. They've managed to bag and marry a very, very attractive girl. Mm -hmm. And in terms of not only is this person a butthole, right, but also they don't, this bloke doesn't have the, the looks to make up for it. Okay. okay. So, Ollie, why does that happen? <laughs> I don't understand, right? Because I've got a beautiful wife. I'm very happily married. But when I was younger, there always used to be this thing that the, the girls, the hot girls or whatever, went for the, the bad boys, you know? What's the mentality with that? And how do these things happen? You know, you look at some couples and you go, nah, something about that just doesn't add up. There's so much going on with this, Ollie, that I don't know exactly the question that I'm asking, but 
why why do these these people seem to get rewarded and yet they're just terrible i mean and this this person is a terrible human being yeah that i think you're almost getting into the nice guys finish last type of cliche yes, like that. a little bit i don't think that's necessarily true although bad people do succeed all the time it's almost like when you grow up and you grow up it's like don't be good because bad people don't succeed i don't know look around the world right now does it seem like the bad people are having a hard time Elon no. seems to be having a blast i think bezos is having the time of his life like uh, it seems like uh I, I, I almost led into something that i didn't want to go into but it <laughs> <laughs> Classic, as usual. Okay. So you, you, want me to, <laughs> you want me to move on? I was going to say something and it just completely blew off my rhythm. Okay, no worries. It's fine. It's fine, Ollie. But either way, um, it's it's something that I will never get my head around, particularly to focus in on almost one aspect of it. Forget about this this person and, and their spouse. It's just that, that bad boys, being attracted to bad boys. What is that? Because then you, you see on all these reality tv shows and other things ollie women talking about how bad bad men can treat them i'm not talking abusive relationships obviously that's that's abhorrent but what i'm talking about is i oh, doesn't put any effort in around the house doesn't help with the, the, the kids doesn't i'm kind of thinking there are a shed load of guys out there that would do all of those things and more but you want to put up with this guy because he looks great in a red leather jacket i mean seriously ollie. do you think that happens just as much in the reverse uh, oh, mm, interesting point. Interesting point. <laughs> I think I think you might be right. Do you know? Do, have you ever had any guy friends that have gone out with a girl that was like super hot, but was a complete, you know, abhorrent human being? Some kind of crazy hot scale situation. Oh yeah, which is difficult to get into because it's a, a, a sensitive subject, Holly. But there is this. It, I think it probably does happen both ways, but. I, I don't know how those individuals almost allow themselves to get bullied into that situation. I'm not talking again about abuse. That's abhorrent. I'm parking that. I'm talking about more frivolous things here, guys. Okay, stay with me. But there seems to be this overlooking of basic behaviours that you would expect from a significant other who you would live with. And that significant other doesn't see it that way. I'm just a lad or I'm just a, a lass. Or, <laughs> no, I articulated that very well. But... <laughs> it could be better. Life could be better than that, Ollie. It doesn't have to be like this, you know? Anyway, I'll leave it there because I'm not sure Ollie wants to continue with this. So let's talk about England getting out of the World Cup. So England got knocked out of the World Cup by the world champions, France. It was 2-1. Now, Ollie, talk to me about this one because everybody's coming out and giving them a round of applause and going, you know, we were the better team on the night. Uh, we, we you know, deserve to win that game. It was unfortunate etc etc okay you couldn't score from open play and once again when we've come up against a decent opponent we haven't been able to get over the edge I don't disagree that we were potentially the better team on the night and we maybe deserve to go through but we didn't again I go back to Croatia four years ago in the semi-final again we didn't get through and we all know Croatia are a good team they're hard to break down etc but again you didn't go over the edge there France in the final two years ago in the Euros Again, I think we were really up against it then. I don't really blame them for that one. But it goes back to the Croatia one as well, which was the most egregious in my mind because you had your opportunity and Southgate played negatively in that game, Ollie. It seems like, for me, Southgate has earned the right to make the decision about what he does now. He's earned that right. I don't see anyone standing on the, the wings ready to come in that would make a lot of sense. But also, I'm not sure Southgate's the man that's actually going to take us to a, a major trophy win. 
oh, there's no chance he takes us to a major trophy. And this well, this concept that he's earned the right to like for what? It's a business. It's an industry. He's got the 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 nation's football team in his hands. He earned the right to do what? We say thank you. You've done a wonderful job thus far. We don't think you're the man to win us a, a trophy, and so we'll we'll see you down the line. The thing with him that frustrates me one there is just zero ability to adapt and change in game and i don't that doesn't even necessarily need to come from the head coach but for him to not figure that out on his own staff and go and get someone who can help him i was just having this conversation with my dad a couple of hours ago i get that there's almost this push to make him like a technical director because he's really good at the press conference and the media and the politics and the players i don't think that does need to be a technical director that can be the head coach go and find someone who works on like sheffield united staff that no one knows about who's just brilliant at in-game tactics uh the vegan the the female the the head coach of the women's national team her genius is her ability to change the, the team in the middle of the game go employ her for six weeks during the tournament and come and help you out on the bench it's a it's every single game they have a decent enough plan even if it's negative to get them to open up the game and then when things are just on the fly he cannot adjust and he quite clearly to me he's like one he would not get employed by any premier league team but obviously international football is a completely different construct and he's done a good job right in tournament football which is the only way you judge these people but if we could find someone who can just adjust in-game tactically, whether that's someone just on his bench or changing out the head coach, I would be, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I, I think he needs to bring in the right person then potentially to to advise him. I just, uh, would he even listen to him? I don't know. He seems quite un- uncompromising as well. Not in an, in an arsehole kind of way, but just I think he knows his mind and he puts it out there. And I think he'd be very hard to shift in game. He's too tentative. So even if you got someone who was giving him the right guidance, I'm not sure that he'd listen. Maybe, but if you made that part of the agreement to keep moving forward, that you would have someone with you who is empowered during match days to to make more decisions. I mean, his backroom staff, Steve Holland, those guys, it's not like they have a unbelievable CV anyway. So I don't know. I, I, what do you make of this idea? floated by the Jamie characters of the world that the England football manager has to be English. I saw that. Um, I, I don't agree with that in any way, shape or form. I don't see why they have to be English. I think it would be beneficial if you were picking between candidate A and candidate B and they had the same credentials and one was English and one was Argentinian or or Croatian or Latvian or whatever it was, I'd pick the English guy. And I don't think that the other candidate could see that as discrimination in that case. If we think of things from a HR perspective, do you know what I mean? I think that'd be completely acceptable because almost that is part of the job description. However, if you've got candidate A and candidate B and candidate A from England versus candidate B from Latvia and the Latvian is way, way more advanced in their thinking tactically and selection and and how they want to go about things, why not pick the Latvian guy or girl? Um, I agree with you. Certainly in the abstract, the thing that I do think is disingenuous because we, Tom and I, you know, the most anti-xenophobic people imaginable, you know, I am all in on having a foreign coach, as you say, it's the best coach, the job does not bother me. What I do think is slightly disingenuous from certain people in this argument is to act as though for Thomas Tuchel, who's kind of the person they're talking about here, that it would mean as much to him as it would mean to, that would be a wonderful work accomplishment for him as opposed to a point of national pride for someone like Gary Southgate. Now, whether that matters or not, who cares? Because the wrestlers would would have a wonderful party and a wonderful evening out, right? That's kind of all that really matters in the end, I guess. But I do think it would be disingenuous to suggest that it would be as uh, as passion-filled 
for that coach as it would be for someone from the country they were winning with. It couldn't be. And I also think you have to consider in here other big nations. So, for example, if the coach came from a nation which had within its own right quite a good chance of winning the tournament or a tournament like a Germany, a France, a Netherlands and Argentina, I think it would be even it would be less meaningful for them than it would be if that that coach was from a, a third party country that really didn't stand a chance. Like if they were know, to be offensive, if they were Welsh. They were Scottish. If they were Icelandic, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think again they would be far better candidates. Anyway, Ollie, we've gone on for too long. People came here for some football. Let's get to the headlines. So to the headlines. These are the headlines for next week, based on what we think is going to go down this week. A couple from Ollie and I, and then we'll move on to the game show. So my first one, Ollie, is simply: How did it come to this? Packers edged the Rams on Monday night crap ball. I. I don't understand, Ollie, here, and what I want to talk about is the scheduling in the <laughs> in the NFL because it feels like when you can smell these things a mile off, which you could with this really, really well, why can't you change them? Well, they can change the Sunday night game, right? It's the Monday night game that this is a Monday night broadcast so that they're unable to change it. I believe that it does get to a point in the season where they can even change the Monday night game, I think. Uh, I could be it wrong. Should, but it should be, a, I think it should be, I suppose it comes in part of whatever negotiated deal there has been with the broadcasters. But I think for the, whenever, whenever they do the next deal, they need to build in this flexibility against more of these, these primetime slots. Yeah, I think, and where they kind of got themselves in trouble this year is they purposely tried to give as many of the good games as they could do to the Thursday night game, which was usually the dead spot, right? Is that that was what they were pushing to do with ESPN and ABC, who has this Monday night game. They were trying to give them a better playoff game, give them multiple playoff games, and give them multiple evenings where they had multiple games. It's a lot of multiples. And and as a as part of that, it was like, you're going to have to have some of the shitty slots, and we're going to give some of the really good slots to Amazon, because they're it's new and it's prime and it's streaming, and that's so huge for the league moving forward. They wanted to give them as many of the, the best matches as possible. I guess in defense them, you would say when you're making the schedule, this would look like an absolute barnstorming game, the defending champs versus Aaron Rodgers Lambeau field. But as you said, once you get into a situation where it's going to be a banged up Aaron Rodgers and a crappy Packers offense versus Baker Mayfield, having been in the building for eight days, nine days, whatever it is, you would like the ability to, to flex it out for even Cincinnati Tampa or, you know, is Tampa not a great team, but to have that Borough Brady thing, in in prime time would have been pretty good exactly and that's the thing it just you don't have to necessarily go well it has to be trumped by the most incredible game since sliced bread played sliced ham but at the same time you could flex it out but just something a little bit more interesting because that's just it's almost just but it's funny is when they game. talk about flexing they talk about oh but the the travel plans and the players in the nflpa didn't the bills play a game in detroit on like two days notice like yeah, they, exactly. they did that. It's it's really like they they were supposed to play a game at home. They moved the whole operation to Detroit for in two days or whatever. So you you can move these things later. Fair play, Ollie. Give me your first headline. Crisis in Miami? Question Christ mark. Ami. Christ Ami. Very good. Look at you. That's <laughs> brilliant. Look at you. Which is kind of a mixture of like um, delight at the Christ Ami the uh, kind of shock that I could come up with something like that. And therefore maybe mixed with a tint of disdain there that I did. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ollie, crisis in Miami or Chrysami. Uh, I'm, I'm so fascinated with this uh, Dolphins-Bills game for a number of reasons. What's interesting over the last couple of weeks when we've seen Tua Tukavailoa struggle 
first against the Niners and then against the Chargers, the different ways in which he's being defended. It's not some kind of situation where defensively teams have found a blueprint and say, oh, you do this, and it slows down the high-powered Dolphins machine or it really impacts Tua Tugavailoa. One, the Niners defense played super-duper deep, put a bunch of depth in their defense and kind of changed the levels of their defense in a way that you wouldn't particularly do in the NFL and forced Tua Tugavailoa to go up and over the second level of the defense, which is not his strongest suit. Then he plays the Chargers, and all they do is disguise coverage on basically every single snap. I read about this in some great detail today on the read optional. People can, can go and read for a lot more detail, but almost every single snap was a bluff. They chose zone, and they played man. They show man, and they play zone. And all that did was kind of change the gears on, on Tua, which was disrupt the rhythm of the drop back. That he thinks he's seeing one thing, he's seeing something else, and just kind of puts a slight hiccup in the motion, a little bit through off and if everything isn't super crisp and in rhythm and on time for Tua he's had some trouble he's not a great second reaction second phase type player so two completely contrasting styles both of them effective at doing the same thing which kind of changed the delivery time for him um, and so I'm fascinated to see that the Bills who are way more talented than at least the Chargers unit and is just as talented as the Niners and maybe the best defensive staff in all football, what do they think the best approach is to stopping this Miami offense? And if it happens again with either a combination of those two styles or one of those styles, then we will start saying, hey, this is a team on a three-game losing streak that was supposed to have the best offense in the NFL and it's starting to sputter down the stretch and have people not found them out because you cannot find out Tyreek Hill. He's quicker than everyone else. Jalen Waddle is quicker than everyone else. Tour is accurate, more accurate than everyone else. But there are ways to kind of, I don't know what you'd say, jab something into the Spurs. What would you do to, to try and knock someone off their bike, Tom? Would you slam something into the Spurs? Shoot them in the face? I don't know. There's probably a lot of ways you could knock somebody off their bike. I like to think of um, the the kind of the piece of wood in the spokes. That's a really <laughs> terrible way of doing it because that's just going to kill someone if they go over on their face. Did you... Did you really see this happening with how Miami season's gone? It just, just generally here in terms of their success and then their stuttering, but more the success side of things and tour. What were you saying at the start of the year, Ollie? Because it seems like Miami have managed to maintain something that I feel like the cognoscenti, or what's the word you use again? Do I use intelligentsia or do I use commentaria? <laughs> Either way, comrade, <laughs> with the final one. <laughs> um, but I feel like they've been able to maintain something that I'm not sure the vast majority of people expected. No, and the the huge thing, the huge question mark coming into the season was they ran such a bizarre, kooky, RPO heavy and this really bizarre strain of RPOs that has never been run basically at any level of football where they would leave the first level of the defense unblocked so that two could throw the ball 20 yards down the field. Now, even if you just try and do the maths in your head, you're like, wait, they did what? Why would you do that? Why would you allow a 300-pound man to run into an injury-prone quarterback so he can throw the ball down the field? So it was just this really bizarre setup, and that was the only time we'd seen Tua have success. And then Mike McDaniel comes in with an entirely different system, all the Kyle Shanahan stuff. He helped construct that thing in all the different stops that Kyle Shanahan has been, and it was this big overriding question of how can you get those two contrasting styles to fit together and Mike McDaniel's answer is, appears to be one Tyree kill he solves everything and uh -huh. we'll just do it all if we throw it all out there then you know the, the defense will be constantly off guard they won't know what's coming and we'll just always be a step ahead and so it's just been a complete frenzy of points 
and probably the most fun offense to study in the league this season. But I didn't see it being, obviously, Tua being one of the five best quarterbacks in the league and it being completely unstoppable. I thought there was a chance of it being pretty cool and interesting and exciting and maybe they could build something for the second season together once they figured out um, some some of the kinks in the in the system there. But no, it was just a complete inferno from the get-go. And as I said, they, there's been some issues the last two weeks, but it's particularly in the in the Niners game. I mean, everyone was open on basically every play. And mm. he missed some throws because they pushed him into some kind of throws he doesn't normally like to hit. But they are throws he can still hit and has hit routinely. So I think this is just kind of one of those sludgy parts of the season that all good teams go through. They've not been very good defensively now for a long time. Um, and it's put a lot of pressure on them offensively too. But I think they'll they'll be fine. And yeah, it's been been better than I anticipated, I think. Okay. Let's move on, Ollie. And my second headline, it's not a headline. I'm picturing this more as a kind of cartoon that you see in newspapers and this particular scenario being presented in this way. So what it is, is it's kind of a mock-up MC Escher drawing of the stairs going in every which way. And then you've got Jared Goff somewhere on the stairs. And then you've got um, Wilson or whoever may be the quarterback of the Jets of that time on the stairs. And essentially, you kind of don't know really, are they, are they going up the stairs? Or are they going down the <laughs> stairs? Are they passing each other in the night? One's going up and one's going down. And which one isn't? Uh, which one is? Which one isn't? I don't know. But that's how I feel about the, the Lions and the Jets. And they meet this weekend. And I feel like we're going to see a Lions win. And they'll continue their rather odd but glorious run towards the playoffs, which I hope hopefully they will achieve. But that's just my depiction, Ollie, of these two teams. And two teams, I think, that could have the potential over the next five years to be great teams if they can fill in a few more pieces that they are missing at the moment. And when it comes to the Lions as well, they got options moving forward, Ollie, because they have draft picks in hand that are going to be high. So I think the future looks very bright for the Detroit Lions and the Honolulu Blue. But what what, what would you make of that cartoon if you saw it on, yeah. a, on a Monday morning? It's like, it's like ships passing in the night. It's a waving goodbye. We were good. Now we're going to be bad again. Hey, well, we were bad. We're on our way to being good. And as soon as everyone waving, that kind of like old-timey boat wave people used to do. Like Peter, to Peter Griffin in Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> bye. 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 Yeah. Uh, this is a really impressive turnaround from the Lions. I mean, they've been good most of the season, right? They kept losing games, and they, they had a they were just so historically bad defensively. They would drop forty on people and not win games. So all we've seen now is the defense kind of come around. The big thing for them has been tackling. And Dan Campbell mentioned this. I think it was the final episode of Hard Knocks from Memory where he was so apoplectic about how bad they were at tackling. And he was telling his guys, you guys are so bad at this. It's going to take us till week eight to get the reps we need to be good at tackling. And they got to week eight and now they suddenly tackle people. They've had enough reps and they've got much better defensively. But the big story obviously is how well they're playing on offense. The, The inventiveness and creativity of Ben Johnson, the OC, who is by far the hottest name on the coaching carousel right now to go and get a job next year. He's not from the McVay tree, but he fits that kind of McVayan model that all these owners want to go get, that the Wunderkind young head coach is really creative, so he'll probably be the, the biggest name this offseason. And Jared Goff has, to be fair to him, played really, really well. He's Johnson's done a brilliant job of making things really clear and defined for Goff and just play to his strengths, which is he is really good at driving the ball outside the numbers off play action, which is not an easy skill, but it's kind of the only thing he's excellent at. And they've built the entire system around getting to 
golf hitting shots outside the numbers 20 yards down the field and if you hit three or four a drive or then we're driving up and down the field and we're winning games and that's kind of the formula they've hit on absolutely love it i kind of see it in the kind of happy gilmore reference like the vikings and the packers to a lesser extent the bears are the shooter mcgavin and they're out there and all of a sudden the lions the happy gilmore going uh-oh, the Lions learn how to tackle. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the tables were turned. <laughs> Ollie, give me your final headline. I, I, I'm I, really excited about this one because it leads into a good conversation. Desperation in the desert. Oh, this mate. The, who will be fired next, Bowl Between Daniel Hackett and Cliff Kingsbury. Obviously, no Kyler Murray for the rest of the season. A chance here for Denver to win. A game, finally, and we saw some signs of life from Russell Wilson last week. Still nowhere near good enough, nowhere near apex Russell Wilson, but a little bit better than we've seen in the past. No Kyler Murray, as I mentioned, so maybe an, an even footing. One of these coaches will be fired. Hackett will be fired probably no matter what. Kings yep. could still be fired. Maybe they'll try and use the, the Murray thing as an excuse, even though it happened in week 14 at the very end of the season when they, they stunk for most of the year. But yeah, I think either one or two of these guys will will be gone and we'll reflect back on, hey, remember that year when Cliff Kingsbury faced Nathaniel Hackett in a big-time football game? It is funny. I, I think actually ultimately they both go, but what kind of odds are we seeing in them? Yeah, Bavada put out their latest odds today. That I've, This whole list, I think, is actually pretty interesting on who will be the next coach fight. So that, that next part, I guess, is a pretty important caveat but nathaniel hackett is currently the the betting favorite to be the next coach out the fact he has survived this long is actually pretty impressive and if anything might make him not be the next we all know he's going but maybe they're just like ah well we're not getting rid of him let's just wait till the end of the season whereas some teams do like to do the sneaky week 16 one to try and get ahead of the curve going into the offseason. So we could see that too. Hackett is the favorite. The second favorite really surprised me, which is Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. He's ahead of Cliff Kingsbury, Todd Bowles, Brandon Staley, Lovey Smith, who everyone knows is going to be one and done at the end of the season. Uh, and yet uh, Bavada just seemed to think that someone could go before him and he will be maybe one of the last ones fired. Then Dennis Allen rounds out the list. He, he's plus a thousand. Are you surprised that Kevin Stefanski with the Browns would be second? I mean, Deshaun Watson just return. That's been pretty, I mean, it's a horrifying situation. That he's playing football at all. It's not being great in his return at all. Um, but I'm surprised that Kevin Stefanski is so high up on the list. That does surprise me as well. Maybe there's just some kind of motivation there that there's some kind of coming out of this season and going into a full season where Watson can play every game, there's going to be some kind of whitewash, draw a line under things, move on motivation. I, I don't know, Ollie, but it does seem strange that he would be so significantly his odds plus 275 versus Cliff Kingsbury plus 400. That discrepancy doesn't <laughs> seem to make any sense with me when the discrepancy between Stavansky and Hackett is Stavansky plus 275, Hackett plus 250. So, come on, go Stefanski is as likely to get fired next as Nathaniel Hackett. So, which always makes me think, mate, that somebody knows something. Because people yeah, know yeah, things yeah. in Vegas, don't they? That that was my immediate thought. I mean, they emailed these odds around, which was almost a way down we can go and, hey, we know stuff. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. We know something you don't know. <laughs> do da, do da. And I was floored because I just watched the, the second Deshaun Watson start. And I'm not getting into all the off field stuff with Deshaun Watson now. Obviously, piece of shit human being for all the stuff that we know about. And we've written about it, talked about it in so much detail. 
Um, the on the field thing, they are running the most bizarre offense that is just does not fit the player. It is his return has submarine their offense. The whole game plan, right, was to kind of hold serve with Jacoby Brissett. They thought it would be a six-week suspension. It ended up being much longer. But they could just hold serve with Jacoby Brissett. They would drop into Sean Watson from the clouds, and they would ride off into the postseason because they would get this sudden surge at the back half of the season and then maybe do something in, in the playoffs leading into, as you said, the full year next year. It's been a disaster pretty much since his return. So maybe that's like you're saying what they're thinking, that there's some kind mm. of insider knowledge that Watson is like, yeah, no, that's not my guy. And we must remember that though this guy has been accused of, of the, the worst crimes possible, he is the second most important person in the building now after the owner because he's fully guaranteed and he will be there no matter what. So if he's just decided after, you know, he's been sat on the couch and then he's returned and said, you know what? I was in on Stefanski when I agreed the trade. I thought, yeah, I'll fit in that offense. I've got there. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm out. Not my guy. Let's go get someone who works for me. That is the only thing I can think of that would have him anywhere near close to this list because the guy's been winning games with Jacob Brissett all season. Yeah, Vegas didn't give away free money, though, does it? So there's something <laughs> going on there. Right, Ollie, before we move on, Ollie, you also said submarine. I recently rented the movie Das Boot, the original. I almost thought you were going to say I recently rented a submarine. Oh, <laughs> my different. God, can you imagine? If I did, I'd call you up and say, Ollie, I have rented a submarine. <laughs> we're going. Come on. Um, but, Ollie, Das Boot, you ever seen it? Yeah, eight hours long. Wonderful. It, it, in, incredible obviously in german with subtitles you can't listen to it dubbed that would be nonsense one of the most underrated um it lost out i think to chariots of fire in best picture at the oscars when it when it uh, was nominated for best picture ollie i just think one of the most incredible films i've ever seen anyway let's move on spin forward so with the time that we have left ollie which is limited because we were gassing off on air and we were also gassing off air we're going to play Name That College. Yes, Ollie and I are going to ask each other about 16 teams in the NFL each, and we've got to try and figure out, remember, guess, the college that their current starting quarterback played at. High school wins. Now, again, as I said earlier in the show, there's a caveat here. Ollie doesn't get a multiple choice. I do, because Ollie <laughs> is Ollie, and he's a footballing nerd and former scout. I am me. I am a civil servant podcasting <laughs> from my study uh, with bare slippers on, just so everyone's aware, uh, which have worn out, to be quite honest. They're hardly useful as slippers anymore. You know, I've had them about five years and my wife won't buy me any more slippers, despite the fact that being Greek, they have this obsession with slippers and not getting your feet cold. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm happy. I don't know why it was growing up in this country. I don't know. I always didn't have socks on, shoes on. You'd go in and outside of the house. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't bother you. Yeah, in Greece, oh, totally different thing. Got to have your slippers on when you're inside the house. Your feet might get cold. So we're my right. I digress. Right, Ollie, back to the game. How do you want to do this? Do you want to? Shall we ask each other a division at a time, for example? Go Ooh. through them and then go uh, to the the next person for a division from them. How does that sound? That sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You can start because you're the scout, okay, and you're the one with all the knowledge. So I'm going to get my pen out, and I actually have some paper this week, whereas opposed to you know last week I didn't have any paper. So we're going to start with the AFC North, okay? Mm -hmm. So I first want you to tell me the Steelers, Kenny Pickett. Where did he go to college? He went to Pitt. Some might call it Pittsburgh, but it was Pitt. You see, I actually would have known that as well, which is interesting because oh. because of the local connection. There you go. Right. Next, the Cleveland Brownies. Uh, 
you go. Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun Watson. Sorry, I should just give you the quarterbacks. Well, he went to Clemson. That is correct. Now, I think, Ollie, personally, I think you should be embarrassed if you don't get 16 out of 16. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. Right. Okay. Bengals, Joe Burrow. Oh, uh, well, he went to LSU. He also did go to Ohio State. I don't know if Stereo Mike has decided to put both colleges, all the colleges that these players went down to. Some of these guys transferred, but the last college, the one he was drafted from, was LSU. Okay, absolutely brilliant. Correct. And finally, with the Ravens, I'm going to go for their oft starter rather than their current starter. Really? I'm going to go for, well, if you can tell me Tyler Huntley, I'll give you extra points. But okay, Lamar, well, <laughs> who's gone there? Give me Tyler Huntley. Utah. And Lamar? Louisville. Why? Okay. That was, <laughs> so you just got five out of four, basically. <laughs> For that, which, uh, okay, puts me in a spot. So now I'll, I'll keep the bar at 16. Okay. So you've got one in the bank. Okay. Now, Ollie, your turn to ask me. Let's see how we do. I think you'll be fine without the multiple. I mean, maybe maybe one or two, you, the multiple choice will help you out. Okay. I'll t- I tell you what, give me them and then I'll make a guess and then give me the multiple choices and then I'll Love see that. if that confirms my guess or not. Okay, then we will begin with the AFC East. And we will begin with the New England Patriots and Mac Jones. Mac Jones went to, I feel he went somewhere like Boston or something like that. I'm probably way, no, 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 because that would have been too close a connection for, I'm uh, I'm not sure, but as soon as you give me the options, I'll know it. Go on, give me the options. The options are Northwestern, Oregon, and Alabama. Oh, he went to Alabama, didn't he? He was Alabama. Indeed, yes, well done. Okay, good. Right. Okay, I've started. And this is fair, guys. This is fair. I'm not a scout. Okay, I'm a Muppet. Right, give me the next one. You don't watch a ton of college football either, right? Or if any, so... Mate, I watch two kids crawling around and punching me in the stomach (laughs) in the evenings. That's what I watch. So what you need to have happened at some point is these guys popped up at NBC at the bottom of the page saying where they went to. So you get thrown off when they say, like, Cheeto you or the, the fake funny ones they like to do. You need these guys on Sunday Night Football to tell you. Essentially, that's what I need. And because I am a human climbing frame of an evening most of the time. So go on, give me the next one. All right. The Miami Dolphins and Tua Tugavailoa. Tua Tugavailoa. Mm-hmm. I want to say he was. I, I, you know what? I don't know. Give me the three. It is Alabama, Oklahoma, or Colorado State. I don't think it's Colorado State. I don't know whether he was. Alabama before match. Uh, let's go Alabama again. Correct. Yes. Yes. Come <laughs> on. Yes. Come on. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the New York Jets. And of course, the present starting quarterback is Mike Hwad. Um Do I have to go for him? <laughs> okay. Give me the, the options for Mike Hwad. Mike Hwad, uh, you went to school at Pitt, Western Kentucky, or Michigan State. So there is, there is a slight clue in the fact I, I have just stumbled around that I am calling him Mike Wad. Mike Wad? Why was that an impression of? Well, it's, 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 well if I said it, it would give it away. <laughs> give me the options again? The options again are Michigan State, Pitt, yeah. or Western Kentucky. Michigan State. It is incorrect. Oh, what was it? Western Kentucky. 
Man, well, I don't understand the reference. It's just my southern drawl. That's what. That's what it's white. Southern. No. Yeah. It's people who play at Augusta National, old white dudes, and they say "hot." They go. Uh, I'm trying to channel my bag of vans. Uh, oh yeah. Oh sweet darling. No, I don't know. I see all went wrong. Right, give me the last one. Josh Allen. No, he's one of the most famous players on the planet. His backstory is considered a huge part of that story because he was a bad college football player. So remember that. He was bad in college. He was bad when he began in the pros. Then he became the best quarterback in the NFL. It was right, a give it me. Line. Give it me. Give me the options. Either USC, Wyoming, or Texas Tech. I want to say Wyoming. Correct. Yes. Yes. Let's yes, go. Mountain West. Let's go. Come on. Right. I'm going to give you the AFC South now. Remember the pressure's on you, Ollie. This is this isn't about me. This is about you getting all of these right. <laughs> That's what this game is about. Okay. Okay. The Titans. Ryan Tannehill. He went to Texas A&M. He actually played wide receiver at he Texas did. A&M, and then he converted to be a quarterback. Little known fact about Ryan Tannehill: um, the Jags and Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. Hmm. The Colts with Matt Ryan. <laughs> uh, and that predates, by the way, the answer is Boston College, but that predates any, I mean, it was the 2007 or 8 that he was drafted. So I wasn't mm. working professionally then. So that one's just off the top of the dome. It's Matt Ryan. Oh, wow. I'm so impressed that a man who works professionally on the NFL every day knows what. Anyway, like, I'll move on. Um, the Texans, <laughs> Ollie. Uh, well, the starting quarterback for the Texans is Davis Mills. That's correct. Stanford. <laughs> I didn't even need you to tell me who the quarterback was. Damn if it. Kyle Allen was your choice, you could have had Texas A&M. You could have had Houston. But so, yeah. Uh, but we'll go with Davis Mills, shall we? And it's Stanford. All right. Show off. Right. Give me another division. <laughs> the AFC West. Yeah. Let's do this. Okay. We'll begin with the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Give me the give me the options. Options are Northwestern, TCU, and Wisconsin. Oh, it was Wisconsin. It was a Wisconsin Badger. Before that, it was of course NC State, where he was an unbelievable player for the Wolfpack. Then was a graduate transfer to Wisconsin at the age of like forty-five before he joined the league. Next one, Patrick Mahomes. Oh God, give me the options: <laughs> Cincinnati, Texas Tech. Or Mizzou. Was he Mizzou? He was not Mizzou. Was he Texas Tech? He was Texas Tech, yeah. Damn. I think I just wanted to say Mizzou. <laughs> he was That's there. That's why I said Kingsbury, it. Kingsbury, of course. Yes, but of Kingsbury course. Who could not win games with the Michael Jordan of football in a crappy Jeez. conference. Stuff. And yet he's still he's lower still odds than Stefanski. Uh, <laughs> anyway. He's still lower on Stefanski. Jeez, guys, come on. Kobe Brissett. This guy can't win games with Patrick Mahomes. Look at his entire career arc before you make a decision on it. Right, next person. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr. Now, you have a connection here because you remember he played with Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams was insisting he was going to go and Fresno play. State. Here we go. Now we're talking. See, I know where my old Packers players went to. I gotta just try and find a circuitous route to. Yeah, and then I'll know. Yeah, link it back to the Packers somehow. All right, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Give me the options. It's either Oregon, USC, or Mississippi State. 
Herbert. Oregon. Correct. Yeah, he didn't seem like he would have gone to the other two. I don't know why. Just can't visualize it. There, there you go. Not bad. All right. Right. NFC West, Oliver Connolly. Uh, 49ers, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy went to Iowa State. He did. Rams, (laughs) Baker Mayfield. Oklahoma. Oh, that's correct. What about John Wolford? He also went to Texas Tech, by the way, just just as an FYI. Do you know where John Wolford went? Uh, John Wolford went to Wake Forest. Show off. Right. (laughs) Uh, The Seahawks, Geno Smith. (laughs) Uh, Geno Smith was at West Virginia. Maybe that was the first year I was working on the draft, to be fair. And I thought Geno Smith, because it was my first year doing it professionally, I just thought he was the greatest player in the of all time. I just assumed, I was like watching tape, watching him dunk on everyone's head. And then my report, I was like, this is Joe Montana. Um, I had not yet gained perspective before. Yes. Multiple years seeing multiple but, players. <laughs> that's not your fault in a way. You have to, I think you get, it's like anything. Yeah, you gain experience and it allows you to have a reference point. The Cardinals, oh, Colt McCoy. Oh, Colt McCoy. Oh, that so, so predates me. It's Texas, I think. It's definitely one of the Texas schools. Texas? Oh, that so predates me. I'll just give you the right answer straight away. <laughs> hey, jackass. Right, four for four. You got one more division to get. If you don't get it, remember you suck. Right, what's next for me? The NFC North. Come on now. Yeah. Your division. You should crush this. Maybe. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Butte. Community College to Cal. <laughs> Look at you, show off. You get two points for that one. Yay. All right. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Kirk Cousins. Give me the options for Kirk. Ohio State, Utah, and Michigan State. See, Utah. See, that was a sneaky one from Mike there because he looks like he should be from Utah. I was going to say, not, but he's he just, not, is he? he Where's he from? looks like the most Utah man of all time. It was Michigan State. Fair play. Right, who's next? Justin Fields. Oh, jeez. I mean, I don't even remember back to this year. It's too busy being a climbing frame. Give me the options. Texas A&M, Ohio State, or LSU? Was he LSU? He was not. He was Ohio State. Rap on a crab. I'm not he, doing very well. Ohio here. State University. Right, next. Right, Jared Goff. I'll get this when you give me the options. Go on. I think he's he's done he's done you over a bit on these options too, if I'm honest. Stanford? No. Cal, or Boston College. Now there is a connection. Was, was he one of those that, that he had a connection with? With Aaron because he was a cowboy. I think he was a cow. Is correct. You yeah. got there. You got there. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right. Your quest, my friend, is to get these four right. <laughs> I'm nervous. I know I'm going to screw one up. Okay. I'll start with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Take a deep breath, all of these ones, Ollie. Jalen Hurts went to Alabama. Then he went to Oklahoma. He won the Heisman Trophy. So he was drafted from Oklahoma. Correct. Dak Prescott. Mississippi State. Correct. I'm saving the best one till last. Daniel Jones. Duke University. Now this, my friend, is for the set. (laughs) Taylor Heineke in Washington. Old Dominion. 
You, sir, are a champion. <laughs> I cannot believe that. That's incredible. What do, what really conference do Old Dominion play in? Uh, what do they play in? Conference USA, the Old Dominion Monarchs. I think they still... Yeah, they're still the Monarchs, I think. I can't remember. They have a bizarre field. I know that. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I love it. I love it. <laughs> right, give me the last ones and I'll like... Uh, your last ones are from the NFC South. Okay. We will begin with Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints. Options? TCU. Oh, he's TCU. There you go. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. This one, I don't think you're going to have a shot with, if I'm being honest. Because Desmond Ritter is now the starter for the Falcons. But I will allow you, if you want... To instead select Marcus Mariota because he has started. Well, most- Marcus Mariota went to Oregon, but give me give me Ritter. Well, go ahead, take a shot, Desmond Ritter. What? Just from all the college teams? Okay, you want the options? I'll give you the options. <laughs> give me the options: <laughs> Cincinnati, Duke, and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is incorrect. Cincinnati is correct. Damn it. Okay, next. Sam Donald. Ah, Sam Lucifer Donald. Um, Give me them. Give me them. I'll get it when you give me them. Alabama. No. USC. Maybe. And Oregon. No, USC. Nice. Come on. Let's go. Okay, last in this whole competition. The books. Thomas Edward Bartholomew Beautiful Brady. Where did Tom Brady go? Why do I not know this? Why do I not know this just straight away? What is wrong with me? Who was he teammates with, who is now old, essentially, but is a great packer of law? Right? He He does teammates with a Green Bay Packer Packer. He was a teammate with a Green Bay Packer who did not begin his career as a Packer, but then moved to the Packers. Was a really oh, his teammate Charles Woodson. And where did he go to college? Well, Charles Woodson grew up in Ohio, but he bolted over to Michigan. Michigan is where Tom Brady went to college. So you know, I, I, I could say to you, like, what color cleat did a player from the '80s to the Packers wear? You're like, oh, USC, what's USC? <laughs> <laughs> Like a beautiful mind. No one really knows how it works, but something's working in there. Ollie, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think what to make that more even, I think would have to be just give me the team and I have to figure out in my head who the starting quarterback is because I probably would have forgot Huntley as an example. Ah, um, that would make it more challenging. But still, I'd still expect you to get all of them. But you did. And you got the bonus <laughs> ones. So you didn't let yourself down. I'm very, very impressed. Um Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. And if you listen this deep into the show, then, well, maybe you do feel like getting in touch with us and we can give you a shout out on the next show. MCFSquestions at gmail.com. Please send us an email. I will read it. I guarantee you that much. You can find us on Twitter at Ollie Connolly and at the underscore Tommy underscore more. Ollie, it's a pleasure as always. We are building up quite a rack of game shows that we've done now and quizzes that we've done from week to week. And I think during the off-season, we can maybe go around the horn again, but uh, in an even more refined way. You know, I think uh, we and we'll have even more ideas for the listeners as they keep tuning in. 
I'm very excited to re-rack some of the fun ones. I, I'm excited to do another Dragon's Den. And I yes. think we do a Dragon's Den where we get one listener mail, where they pitch us some ideas, some listener voicemails, and maybe we could get a guest or two for Dragon's Den, even if it's just a voice note situation on how they would change the NFL on pitching to the Dragons on a change to the sport. That's something I think we should look at as well. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. You can call in some favors and get the, the big knobs in, whoever they may be. Well, we will get some big knobs for some game shows during hey. and, and and some big lady folks too. There's, there's get... two big knobs on the show already and not, not in a good way. Anyway, there you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I look forward to sending Ollie through another 60 minutes or so of anxiety and humor in equal measure. But for now, it's goodbye from the King Connolly. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Have yourselves a great weekend.